Recorded live in Manhattan's East Village at St. Mark's Church in the Bowery, this is The Poetry Project. So tonight we have Garrett Caples and Wa Win, um, who are buddies and also um, like bandmates of sort, <laughs> in that they're um, both wave poets. Please check out their books in the back, both for sale here. Um, on Monday, I always tell you what's happening in the next week or so. On Monday, um, there's a special event called It's After the End of the World, Don't You Know That Yet? Writing in the Shadow of Human Extinction, which is Judah Rubin's take on um, thinking through some questions of the Anthropocene. And then next Wednesday, Myungmi Kim and Juliana Spar will be here. So we just have so much good stuff happening um, in November, in, it's almost November, but this month, November, December, it's just so much is happening at the project. I hope you can make it here for some of that stuff. Okay, so Garrett Caples is the author of three full-length poetry collections, including the brand new Power Ballads. Uh, he's also written a book of essays, retrievals, and a pamphlet, Quintessence of the Minor, Symbolist Poetry in English. He co-edited Incidents of Travel in Poetry, New and Selected Poems by Frank Lima. Also this year, there's a lot of books this year. Particulars of Place by Richard O. Moore and Collected Poems of Philip Lamantia. Um, a freelance writer, he's also an editor at City Lights where he curates the Spotlight Poetry Series and lives in San Francisco. Um, Garrett Caples is the kind of poet who seriously entertains the question, who is the greatest MC of all time? Plus, he's the kind of poet who puts Prince and Tupac lyrics in his poems and includes in what I take to be a, a book primarily steeps in the tradition of love poetry, a crypto-biblical parable about nuclear waste, scarcity, and the Second Amendment. Plus, he's the kind of poet who cares for the work of other poets as an editor, a poet who believes in poetic life as a practice of thanking poets for being here in the past and in the future, which he does as the curator of the very great new poets, um, City Lights books, John Coletti is on that series. Many of like the greatest poets of um, this generation are in that series. My reading of Power Ballads is thus, the loud gendered guitar music that defined white American maleness when he was coming up in the world, Too Short over Jay-Z, Black Oakland over Andover, Kurt Cobain, meh, produces an imperative of poetic interruption. Both write poems and also don't write the same old poems, which is an imperative of poetic interruption, which is the point of everything. Love is a risky sky, Garrett writes in Love is Made of Sky, one of the poems formed as a prose block, no caps, a phrase that is antimatter and a discourse filled up with the gases of living on a prayer. Maybe this seems like a subtle intervention to you, but I find this slight shift of the ground under the feet of the bleach-haired more than gestural. I love my city because we mean peace, Garrett writes in Oakland. His is a tenderness drenched in the joy of the popular outside the popular. Please welcome Garrett Caples. Thank you, Simone. And thank you uh, to the project. Thank you all for coming. Thank you, Hua. And um, 
I'm going to read uh, from the, my new book uh, almost exclusively, but I realize there's one poem uh, I need to read that is new, because uh, this is a poem for Bill Berkson that I'd written like, uh, like two weeks before he died or something like that, and I gave it to him, and, uh, uh, and then he made me explain everything in it, <laughs> which was really funny. Um, and, uh, but I'm just glad I did it, because you, you, know, you never know when someone's going to uh, not be there anymore. <clears throat> and it's called Warm Life, and it's, uh, it's for Bill Berkson and uh, uh, Khalid al-Assad, who is the uh, director of antiquities in um, Palmyra in Syria, and who was uh, killed by ISIS. The union president's dead, and they won't let transgender people pee in North Carolina. And here I'm complaining about climbing the mountain again. The mountain will always remain, if I'm lucky, to keep me from sucking, and only a king mule will do. Humbled by Bill as he goes through the business of staying alive with, with dignified unconcern. I don't deserve him, have no zen, no dozen, just half a dozen self-inflicted wounds I'm expected to grin and bear, and like Robert Plant, I do. It's like I'm in a Rembrandt or something, holding test tubes to the sun to read my urine specimens. And spoiler alert, I'm trigger sad. Check my email mid-poem, so of course it's bad news. The ancient city is practically gone. Palmyra, Palmyra. At least I still have Bill here in ISIS USA. And yeah, I'm just going to tear through some things in this book. Uh, let me. Start with uh, this poem is called Avid Diva. Avid Diva, visit me. Dispense divine advice, or radiant deviant. Evidence of violence rivets my vivid dive. Addictive desire violates me, drives my rivers in reverse, revives my velvet revolution, revs my vacuum cleaner that died, veils my veins with unbelievable sleeves, divides evening into eternities laced with invisible sleep. My values go viral, my, my valves on vacation, my vultures counterclockwise. They prey on my vices, the liver rippers. The wind invents voices on the wing to whisper livid prayers above my vibrating window. Listen, avid diva, I have a hive nearby I invite you to, a hovel I've chosen close to the oval of love. Run up my vacant stairs, invade my ventilation shaft and fill my vats with quivering liquid. Video my Elvis selves and silver Levi's swiveling. Vote in my next direction. Save me, avid diva, in advance of the broken arm. Advocate for the victim who avoids your eyes to envision the void devour his heart. Provoke my vital signs. I survived just in time for you to give it to me, leaving me heaving in tears of repulsive beauty. I'm not Vegas or Jesus. I'm recovering belief in the everyday rave against time. Days I want to live, days I want to die, days I'm the luckiest man alive. Hypnagogic Boston. By the little screen where I, live, where I lie with the dogs and live with no drugs and ponder the ponderosa, 
Beneath this heat where my flaming feet repeat the steps I missed the first last time around, a lossless ratio stations itself on guard against the density of imperfected memories. I send postcards abroad to Mr. and Mrs. God, asking if clarity begins at home, and hope the answer's no. I know the script's too cryptic to de decipher aboard this floating horse. Tell the doctor when to expect my corpse to arrive by riverboat, slowly befitting my dignity. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of these poems are dedicated to various uh, people and poets and whatnot. Uh, and this, one, this one's called The Chosen, and it's for uh, David Meltzer. When two of us meet, we know one another by insight, by the brio we rock the quicksilver with, or the weird sucker we offer ourselves in a mirror of single minds. The way our fingers twitch around improvised amulets, the signet burnt on our sunburst guitars, or the altitude inside our supine attitude. A ghost of uncertain courtesy sets aside its scythe to admire the view. Animals strike curious poses, posers see and taste and hate. They feel the heat of two of us meeting. When two of us meet, we've known ourselves all along, an infinite unforgetting of the time another two of us met. We are only part of us. The rest is an ego ago, adrift in a silent age. We burn the candle straight down the middle. A moment is a table we pull up chairs to, to look with naked eye upon eternity. Okay, well, since I got to live up to some of what other Simone said, here is a... Uh, Here's one with, um, uh, it's called Chiefly, because I wanted to have an adverb as a title. And um, it's uh, after Diane de Prima and Tupac. Here I am king of this ghost republic in love's conspicuous absence, flat-footed and red-handed in stuttering abandon. I enter her charming apartments in search of evidence, how to live among altars to the dead and alive. It's chiefly a mental space whose lucid clutter produces utter clarity now and then. Against the bent of the amplified Hick party, she posts letters to the present like, he's got nothing in common with the men who run his mind. It takes a certain kind of nerve to learn to persevere like this. Mama told me there'd be days like this, but I'm pissed because it stays like this. To pray for bliss in face of bis puts a dent in the teeth. Thankfully, my beak can still wreak havoc on my self-esteem as equally, and comfort eludes me carrot and stick. And this, uh, this is something I wrote for um, uh, Julian Berleski, who uh, I don't think is here, uh, but he was going to come by. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I'll see him while I'm in town. And uh, uh, he was in a band called Juan in the Pines, and so this is called Road Song for Juan in the Pines. Brian's in Thailand, Andy's in the Azores, Cedar's in New York. I'm in the mission with Micah and Patrick writing poems with titles like Living the Kindle. Maya's in Chinatown, Aaron Chicago bound. Johnny Cash is dead, but ain't no grave can hold him down. Lorca's just born in Fillmore, Sabelle's stuck in Tucson, and fuck if I know how David's in Piedmont, the city of millionaires. Marco's off to Medellin when he finds someone to look after his dogs. Rob bought a house in the Lake District by Glenn's Hot Dogs, up 35th, up 35th from East 14th, where Dontrell lives in his studio. Tonight, Greg's in Berkeley. Rupert's in East Anglia teaching philosophy, and Richard's in Mill Valley writing it. 
I got a Jeff in Philly, a Jeff in Ypsilanti, and a Jeff with a G in Bakersfield with a pedal steel guitar. And she still lives two blocks away and tears me up inside. Not really. <laughs> I needed an ending. Uh, uh, um, <clears throat> and uh, this, um, this is sort of apropos in light of, uh, there's a bug on the mic. Um, this is apropos as uh, given the, uh, the Nobel uh, Prize situation, but it's, a, um, it's an homage to uh, a friend of mine, uh, Richard O'Moore, who was a great poet and filmmaker, um, and he died, uh, died two days before his, uh, his second book came out, and um, it's called uh, Richard O'Moore Imagined as a Bob Dylan Song. As a child back in Ohio, they gambled for my toys. They loaded up a pickup truck with my relatives and tore off for another part of America, leaving me behind in a county home in LA for the orphaned and the blind. I learned to be invisible, a naked camera eye, a lamppost by a lighthouse, an antenna in your side. I wasn't made for hand grenades, I was made for making signs. I heard the noise behind each word, the notes in every sigh. I met railroad poets, potentates, rock royalty, potential mates, Posers and composers in fate decreed I orchestrate experience through templates executives could tolerate if it came in under budget and within the bounds of taste. They kicked me off a of campus and I quit a couple jobs. I made pen penicillin for the willin, shooting movies for the mobs. Still my poems followed me like undomesticated dogs. The world was all that was the case in my arguments with God. At first devoid of virtue and lastly cleansed of pride, I flooded death's selection by accidentally surviving but she still lives inside of me, a creature without form. On the pages of my yesterdays, I'll keep tomorrow warm. This one's called Garrett Capel's Rides Again. My concealed carry personality has deformed my trouser content. To the extent my permit permits, I'm shooting off often in public. I'm a blow dart in a wind tunnel aimed in the wrong direction, a boycotted Russian vodka distiller in Astyle away from arrest. I'm that bad Molly going round on the business end of fucking up. That's me in the glass in her office telling beads on the heads of my foes. Is it genderqueer to be a femme in such an aggressive asshole? Same bat time, same bat channel, but the cosplay is a satin hassle. You'd think my years in a boy band would inure me to humiliation, but this bratwurst for the king is the only thing keeping me. Was I going to stay alive? Was I going to stay in and get things done or stand in line for a cronut at my age in this tax bracket? They said bananas could get you high. They said lyric poems had to die. They said lick on tattoos were LSD and toilet seats could give you STDs. The reek of the schoolyard sister haunts today's items of piety just as readily, but to me the poetry only grows under such conditions as to hold the candle up to the album to illuminate the grooves. Every time the bucks go clattering, I go numbering their hooves in this inexplicable ritual of anthropologizing up over this 200-year-old carpet of cigarettes. I'm ready for my auto-tune, Dr. Luke. I'm ready to head to Toluca Lake to watch the ghosts of flappers float over the lawn of the Hope Estate while it's still for sale. Where once I was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, I'm afraid I've gone apeshit for grape nuts today. I've only got so many colons to lassle your heart away. 
Pacifica. I'm going to read this poem called Oakland, but it, need, it needs one footnote uh, because I'm not a Stalinist. And uh, when I refer to uh, Jay Stalin in this poem, I mean uh, the, there's an Oakland rapper named Jay Stalin uh, and uh, not, the, uh, not the famous Russian dictator. So this is called Oakland. I love my city. Huey Newton first declared Oakland occupied in a very different sense, more like Paris or Baghdad. Forty years later and suddenly, the town dogged the flame from Zuccotti Park. New Yorkers chanted, we are Oakland, and even in Egypt they knew. I love my city. The priced out progressives of San Francisco entered the Panther cage, explosive combo to rock the dome of Robocop. Our summer of love was an autumn of blood in the neo-lexicon, but I love my city because we mean peace, demonstrated repeatedly at the 2011 general strike. Nonviolence equaled no police, and so many poets there in boots from the coup. And later I'm told Rex Roth and Lamentier were at the last general strike in 46, and I'm like, I love my city. Birthplace of scrapers and scraper bikes. Home at one time to Gertrude Stein, Earl Father Hines, Alden Van Buskirk, Eric Von Stroheim. Too Short and Tupac, Shock G and Sheila E, Baby James, Larry Graham, and Pharaoh Sanders. I'll take Jay Stalin over Jay-Z any day. Occupy all streets, occupy D's. I love my city. In Massachusetts, Lawrence and Andover. In New Jersey, Piscataway and New Brunswick. In Brighton, England, in Berkeley, California. I hated living. Not until Oakland did I love home. I've lived here 15 years. It's been a long, long reckoning since I first laid eyes on leaving, but now it's at hand. I could be like, fuck it, it's gone Duck Dynasty on me, but I'd be kidding me. I miss it like a horny lover, and I haven't left yet. Oh, Oakland, black city, I've known your ghettos, stone city to murder dubs, the lower bottoms, the corn in Cyprus, ghost town, dog town, jingle town. Call me Danny from Sobrani, keek to sneak, or deave the motherfucking greed. There's no South O, that's just the bay sprouting from Heinhold's first and last chance saloon. And fuck Jack London and Jack London Square, I drink there for Ambrose Bierce. The North's called Ice City, but also Temescal, which means sweathouse in Nahuatl. And my friend Seals of Sun Poem for Seals translates Nahuatl. And my friend Fab of Super Sick with it put Northo on the rap map. I'm connected here. I saw Oscar Grant become an icon, though I'm sure he'd rather be alive. Lake Merritt Poem. To judge the change in seasons by observing waterfowl, red ducks, blue ducks, pelicans, and cranes, the goddamn geese never leave. The herons hide in the trees by the post office where rumor in the New York Times had them tossed in the wood chipper, just like the feds to pass the buck to the hapless subcontractor. They say Oakland's the new Brooklyn, but part of it used to be Brooklyn. Know your history, O makers of anthologies. Parvenues of Telegraph Avenue, I've been been here. On Mama's, on see-through, it's lightweight mine. Okay, I'll switch gears here. And uh, this one is called Parable. One day, when my friend and I were already way past drunk, we began to raid his father's cellar, throwing back whole bottles, leaving others uncorked, untasted, forgotten. In true drunkard's fashion, we drank backwards each vintage augmenting our boldness, leading us to vintages rarer still. We were soused. Suddenly he ran to the corner to vomit. I had no problem vomiting where I stood. 
Look, he said. No, I said. No, these cases. He vomited again like a paintball gun. These are the last bottles of Fauvilleux. My father just bought them at auction. He belched irrelevantly. I popped the cork on a hundred-year-old Balthazar of Verve Clicquot to rinse the vomit from my mouth, but the warm champagne squirted out my nose when I tried to drink from the bottle. I flung it to the side in disgust. Fauvilleux, I said. Yes, he said, Fauvilleux. It's this microscopic province in France, at the eastern tip of Burgundy. They've been making wine there for hundreds of years. He stumbled over for a closer look. There was a stack of five wooden crates, and sure enough, Fauvilleux was stamped in black on the side of each. A crowbar conveniently laid atop the crates, like the steward was interrupted in the task of unpacking them and hadn't returned to it. My friend began prying open the topmost crate with the crowbar. I went to a recessed corner housing cobweb bottles of ancient port and urinated. When I returned, he was holding the two hayspec bottles in the he's holding two hayspec bottles in the air in triumph. Behold, the last of the Fauvilleux. He handed me a bottle and thrust the other between his legs, attacking it with a corkscrew. I looked at the label a parchment-colored square with the word Fauvilleux printed in black-letter font over a hand-stamped image of a red salamander under which the year 1988 was printed. There was an expectant pause as he fiddled with the cork. I felt I owed him the question. So what the fuck happened? In Fauvilleux, he asked, feigning disinterest even as his face brightened like the sun. He loved to tell stories. He handed me the open bottle of Fauvilleux, which I very nearly dropped, and took the other from me, repeating his fumbling with the corkscrew. It's nuts, he said as he split the cork. He pushed the rest of the cork into the bottle with his finger. Real cork. It's nuts, he repeated. You know how France generates most of its energy from nuclear power? No. <laughs> well, they do. Anyway, they keep the reactors in the east near the Swiss and German borders. The dicks. Yeah, he laughed. Fuck the French. Anyhow, they had one at the edge of Fauvilleux. Well, back in, he consulted the label weavingly, 1988, a pipe leaked a bunch of radioactive shit into the ground. No one knows how long before they found it. Uranium. No, wait, it's 89. This stuff is 88. Anyway, this uranium leaked into the groundwater, got in the wells, the rivers, all the water. So the reactor company dudes and the government dudes go around in their biosuits telling everyone not to use the water. Don't drink it, don't bathe in it, don't water anything. It went on for two weeks, after which they're like, okay, it's safe. And all these herbs they grow there, gone. Nothing, they, nothing that year. There's only like five tiny-ass vineyards in Fauvilleux, same families for hundreds of years. Or maybe Pernod bought one, but the rest were authentic. Tiny-ass place, you could only get Fauvilleux in France. There wasn't enough to export. Rare as fuck, expensive as hell, its own grapes that only grew there, all that shit. Anyhow, the vines, for some reason, still look cool, so they made the wine, age it and shit. Meantime, they're trying to grow new grapes, but they're totally fucked. Withered like little raisins. The shit's so fucked, they can't make wine out of it. Same thing next year. And the herbs all taste like shit, of course. But they're aging the wine, and it seems like it's going cool. But when it's supposed to be ready, like really ready, they try it out, and it sucks. Totally sucks. He paused to vomit, barely breaking stride now that he'd warmed to his tail. Destroyed the economy, of course. Nothing down there not related to winemaking. Anyway, there's been none on the market for years until this estate sale. Some old French fuck who had five cases died, and Dad just had to have them. It was mentioned in the New York Times. I vomited. Probably some other douchebags have some stressed away, but this is basically it right here, he said, waving the bottle at me. The last of the Fauvilleux. He raised his bottle and took a swig. I took a swig and spit it out to rinse the vomit from my mouth. Then I stepped back as far as I could, about 20 paces, and set the bottle on the floor. I raised my machine gun, we'd been hunting, and began spraying the, bottles with, began spraying the crates with bullets. 
Holy fuck, he said. His bottle of Fauvier shattered on the floor as he dove behind a cask of Montiallo. Splinters flew everywhere, chips of stone from the wall, shards of glass from nearby bottles. I emptied the whole clip into the crates and the wine flowed through the bullet holes like blood. When I finished, I picked up my bottle of Fauvier, took a swig and smashed the bottle on the ground. I don't remember how it tasted. My friend emerged from the cask and stared at the lake of Fauvier as it gradually soaked into the cellar floor. He turned to me with a pained expression. But that was the last of the Fauvier. Run through a couple more and then I will cede the floor. This one's called uh, Paul Bowles and El Cerrito. The marimbas and the marijuana were the only good things in the town. The men were violent and dirty. The women were made of stone. A tortilla might run up and smack your face. The doilies were straight unforgivable. There was a cactus the size of the Grand Coulee Dam and a pencil the size of a lizard a burro made of churros and a piñata stuffed with opinions. Compared to my life as a mountain dweller, even the bums were city slickers. The wind always blew hard and cold. The marijuana and our hooli records were the only good things in the town. There were ill-mannered goats as big as Great Danes, while the Great Danes themselves were like runty chihuahuas. The university presses were nothing to speak of, and the abandoned monasteries less than picturesque. The palm trees were clenched like fists. The guitars were out of tune, and the pianos had 86 keys. It was illegal for men to breastfeed in public. The ample parking and the marijuana were the only good things in the town. The flowers gave off the most foul odor. The sex offenders barely registered. There were no gas stations and it was a pain in the ass to go to the dentist. The internet was a broken wheel propped against a well. The telephone a buzzard on a shed. There were neon signs like giant banana leaves and stick bugs like you wouldn't believe. The gorge that lay below the town yawned and belched a puff of smoke because the marijuana and the barbecue were the only good things in the town. Give you two more, and then we're done. <clears throat> this one's called Zen of Nez. I'm bitter because I just read in Chicago, and I forgot to read this poem because it mentioned Chicago. Uh, but so I'll read it here. My pedal steel spins its wheels, and I've hung up my nudie suit. I cold cream the makeup off, shave my skull with a razor, ready for the Inquisition. The spike right through my tongue. In these my more Christ-like moments, I recall my purpose forcibly. Time to turn in my commemorative cufflinks. My hair shirt has no sleeves. I make my bed in a pile of leaves, relinquish my rooms at the plaza. Still wine drips from my lips like blood, like a bug I found in my salad. I rise to the challenge like feeding time at the tank and thank the staff as they pull me out of the oxygen tent back into civilization. My Berlin period will never end at the rate things are going tonight. I'm like the love child of Joan Rivers and Larry Rivers and maybe Sam Rivers, too. I'm blowing through Chicago soon, so catch me running down a dream of the grand ennui in the pump room's dignified crapper. This time, a stark elegance will characterize my actions when I emerge from behind the curtain. Will my reinvention as an ascetic mystic spoil my chances at that last golden country great? Or am I fated to roam the cruise ship and county fair venues of faded intelligentsia? It takes a lot out of me to be the one to see the mortal remains remain, but someone is to blame for the indiscretions hectoring me. <clears throat> uh, 
And this last one is called uh, uh, The Cantos Then Tacos. And uh, it's subtitled uh, Dictation from Barbara Guest. Because I'd, uh, I'd helped uh, proofread her collected poems. And so it's like you read everything in like, you know, two weeks or something. So like every night I'd get these little, uh, uh, every night I'd get these uh, little messages from Barbara, I thought. <clears throat> the gong flares. Les Paul is more withdrawn. Curtain, curtain. Bypass Mohawk craze, open failed boutique. Dark hardens and harkens, harnessing yon drunken orchard, yon pretty field. Not in my Los Angeles, not on my budget. Dear blood and guts, we mustn't eat chicken and waffles more than once a week. If it's not against the law, what is? Cracking jokes in two. A darkness underneath lends even this vapor weight. What became of the millennium they used to speak of? Nostalgia for that apocalypse. Oh, dangerous passage of time. Oh, opium dream. The poem becomes Los Angeles by means of mental geometry. Rigid grid on fluid spine. The colossal squid's giant eye, wider than a dinner plate, warms its cornea against oily human tentacles. Supreme knuckle sandwich, this science. Spume covered, kelp mouth, swaddled, pain. Tell me, poet, what is pain? Pain is a blank page surrounding the poem, outside it predominant. Owen said pain. Pain grew up on a farm. Pain slept in a loft in Los Angeles drinking vodka. Pain slept in a lot. Pain slept on Zoloft. Hooray, pain. Pain shuts its eyes, impelling itself through the world. Pain even became a connoisseur. Cosmetic pain. Pain makes itself dainty for you. In the blood-green eye of the national turbine, floating events still occur. On the street, a three-year-old girl plucks a dandelion's empty stem and hands it to me, saying, this is a flower from yesterday. Later at the lake, two ten-year-old boys, one pegs a goose with a wood chip. Goose departs furious. I hit it. Hear the noise it made? This too investigation of nature or future passion. Los Angeles fauna roll on the flora, jadosa. Let perception write itself. Let perception write itself. Reluctant flaneur, speak to me only with your eyes. Eat the canos, then tacos. Let the radio play in the metal brain of Los Angeles. Let the guitar fret, the gong gong, the tambour do what it do. Give them hell, Schoenberg. We are not prejudiced. Behold yon motherfuckers. Exercise caution, presumptive nominee. This is a flower from yesterday, an apostrophe to everything. Thank you. Born in the Mekong Delta and raised in the Washington, D.C. area, Wa Win currently makes her home in Toronto. Her poetry collections include As Long As Trees Last, Red Juice, Poems 1998-2008, to 2008, and Violet Energy Ingots, which is her book from Wave, which is here. Wynn teaches at Ryerson University for Miami University's Low Residency MFA program for the Milton Avery School for Fine Arts at Bard College and in a long-running private poetics workshop. So I do not... I, I, liked, I like your book so much. Um, so I often... I find that when I really... like, I'm just kind of like, oh, I really like your book. <laughs> it's harder to write an introduction, but... Um, so I do not characterize myself as a generous reader of poetry. I'm cheap. 
I am, I'm so mean. And yet, Wawin's work brings out a feeling of abundance in me as a reader. Her poems become vast as an effect of the syntactical spareness we find in a poem like Tower Sonnet, which is up on the Poetry Project's website, which ends, and now snoop and tug on portals, she writes. With her, we sneak syllable by syllable into celestial zones. This new book, dedicated to Aphrodite, deathless and of the spangled mind, places Wa and her work in the past, path of Dr. Williams' heiresses, I think. What is a woman who rewrites Sonnet 117? I think I've also rewritten Sonnet 117. What is a woman? What is a woman who is not a god? These are real questions. People hit each other very hard with their elbows by accident in her poems. What ties us to this dimension and keeps us attuned to the possibility of happiness? She answers this in the poem, Thread Chord. Slipping over flowers to the dead place, flame head, you make me salt again. I am comfortable with the couch and a rather perfect Yule tree with various red birds and glass baubles plus third-world-made lace snowflakes crocheted. I really love these poems. Please welcome Walwyn. Thanks. That was great. I'm so glad to be here. Um, I'm going to read from my other wave book that came out Actually, right when I moved to Toronto from Austin, Texas, um, As Long As Trees Last came out, but it was all written in, in Austin. Um, and then Violet Energy Ingots dropped last month, as they say. And um, I'll read from that, and then I'll read from a small cycle of newer poems. I tend to like to write sonnets, and this is one of those. The thing you should know about this poem is there's a reference to my mother who worked at a popular seafood restaurant in Bethesda, Maryland. Um, there's a reference to a dream I had about Ezra Pound and Charles Olson. And um, there's a reference to um, a military operation called Operation Ranch Hand, which was an um, herbicidal campaign um, in Southeast Asia spraying defoliant to deprive the, the Vietnamese of um, food and cover. Oh, the motto for Operation Ranch Hand was, only you can prevent a forest. It, this, is called, this is my sonnet called Rage, Rage Sonnet. Rage on the grinding spot, Independence Day, Rag laundry day. My boy wears shark pajamas. Mother ran large food trays, sore shoulders, lobster, surf, and turf. It's Independence Day 2011. We may have been poisoned by Operation Ranch Hand. I'm not dead yet. Ezra Pound in my D.C. Charles Olson dream, it is so much harder to be a poet now, they say to me. 
lack of rain, and the number 30 bus may run now all the way to downtown. Is the volume okay? Cool. I love that there's a baby here. Unused baby. <laughs> Unused baby blood, and this is how you motion with hands, Claudi leaving. You have your apparatus being the frog husband, but I burn your frog skin so I can keep you in the shape I prefer. Chimes. You wrote in your apple box, elegant neck. I tried to glue the ripped paper back to the religious art, but it doesn't work making a mess of it. Wasp friend landed on my shoulder sparkle to say, this place we are in is a place. Broil the asparagus. Frog heart apparatus. Wash towels and rags on Wednesdays. The problem. The problem of money. Soap dish. Want to make a soap dish out of a flat rock? Need a new notebook. And what does it mean to not want? A bouquet of planted succulents with preserved moss, dark, using panties for a poetry bookmark. Seeking. Seeking to collect owed money is called chasing the eagle. Getting paid owed money is when it shits on you. I'm often chasing the eagle. <laughs> when you work freelance, you're often chasing the eagle and getting shit on. Okay, so um, I'm going to read some of these poems. Isn't this a beautiful cover? I love this violet with the gold. They made an exception and did gold in the lettering for me because I told them an awesome story that I'll tell you later if you ask me about how I got a message from a plant <laughs> about the colors violet and gold. I'll start with the first poem um, in this volume. So again, these are poems that I've written, uh, that I wrote after I moved um, from Austin, Texas, my home of 14 years, to Toronto, which is a very different place. It's a different country, um, different bioregion. And so I was, I was always interested in how I could get to know place by learning like tree names and, and trying not to get depressed in the winter. Um, this is one of those, <laughs> the autumns can be very gloomy. Autumn, autumn 2012 poem. Call capable, a lemony light and fragile, time like a ball and elastic so I can stop burning the pots, wondering 
Yes, electric stove. She's her, but I don't re remember, remember the ashes I obsessed. She said I was obsessed with not wanting to work with ashes. Mandible dreams say the streets and ash work because the scorn and ions long. There I, wo I woke up in the overlooked dark. I work, do that warp, twistingly wrap the dead, black and white, like the long dead, starved pet rodent, eating basement curtains and peanut shells. I walk, I, wo I walks down sometimes. Why the adv abide? The advice was not fare better, but fail better. Auto dish soap, half and half, coffee beans. Bake the golden things. Rust colors. Rust colors. These all sound so depressing. <laughs> Who was Andrew Jackson? He was a seventh president of the United States. He was responsible for the Indian Removal Act. He was poor, but ended up rich. He was an enslaver of men, women, and children. He was given the nickname Indian Killer. He was put on the $20 bill. Dear love, not as one. The tomatoes look like one pound ox hearts and impossible you with soft, strong arms. Gift. I lifted the skin and drank the camping white wine, swirled into circles. Am I the protected sheet in between? The pines strung with blue protectively? I think of you as pine crust oak stairs, boys' feet, free crystal center. We find red for vivid fucking red for birth blood and my tongue color captured me at first. I know I'm not to be the center, sharply yellow-ish. Why well, ask that we sing, build me up Buttercup, baby, just to let me down. Hawk chased by blackbirds. Ever seen this? A hawk being chased by blackbirds? They really like, they surround it. And they say, get the fuck out of here. It's what I'm imagining the blackbirds saying to the hawk. Hawk chased by blackbirds. You seek the edge of the bed, and I dream where the sick one needs a shot in the ass. 
a tricked shot, maybe have to set up the hypo on the toilet seat for accidental sitting on of the cure. And you were late for your presentation in which you discuss disaster aftermath. The mother in the dream shows her new baby with mismatched sized eyes, and I pretend not to see the ghosts of Christmas past fall asleep and found your mouth in a kiss. You can keep the beer. Faint face whiskers, black beans on toast. I said, fuck it. Fold socks. The extension cord will not reach the light wrapped around the pear tree in white. I'm going to read Tower Sonnet for Simon, for Simon White. Tower Sonnet. I offer it to chaos in writing. Green pear, my son brought me a whole new country, a new theater dream of you in a half-lit maze. In the garden, why do I? And now collards and tomatoes and new rain glasses for reading. I got the drugstore kind. One of those dreams. You snicker as you pass, of course. And now smear the glass to see. And now a vehicle of teeth and smoke. And now stoop and tug on portals. No. Not tugging. Old, loose flood. Uh, if you go to the ho if you go to the hospitals um, after a miscarriage, you might get put in your own little room, and on the outside there might be one of those like erase boards, the, those white ones, you know, and they might write on it, "Vag bleed." This is called the whiteboard. That's, that's, that was information for the for the poem. That was also just something you should know, maybe. Oh, sorry. The whiteboard. The whiteboard says vag bleed. I read Anna Karenina. If your mother is a waitress, trees. I gave them names as a girl. The female ones assigned sad and willow. Why? Another with a white beard. I hid the old dime there, silver sliver. Was her name Ida? with worn old feet and pennilessness and blue blankets, polyester. All the time, goodbye to this, this extinguish, this extinguish in the wrongest of places. You eat the moon, suns, or chase the chase here. Bell, bell, mortal. <clears throat> this is for my friend who keeps seeing a cormorant. Hid, eels and Water snakes, half moon, 
the moon is halved, and I swear you are dead. The dead hang cormorant wings. We watch the special features they grind, wheeling over Leslie's spit. Ken mourn the dead of something, denuded trees. Am mourning dead, not dead. Little pied cormorant can write the dead. Shag, not dead. Bald raven, the one not dead. Double crested, but wish dead. Waterproof or preen gland secretions, my father after the river, dear you, etc. I was born in the river. I have never known you, father, Pacific island, fish eater. Hold my wrists to reason. Hold my rock neck. Hold my wings out still, my still out wings. Um, and then I'm going to end with this series that I've been working on for a few years. <clears throat> there are a series of linked poems, um, narrative in structure, documentary type, um, circling around a decade in Vietnam, um, a rather convulsive one, uh, and one in which I was conceived and born. And, um, and also um, trying to write a biography of my mother's life during that time in verse. This is the first one. Tones in the Vietnamese language. Well, so you know, like Vietnamese is a tonal language, right? Okay, so there's, there's six different tones and then depending on how you say the syllable, it's a different word. So this is the instruction, this by illustration of a syllable, I'm gonna tell you how you say it and then what it means. Tones in the Vietnamese language. Ma, level, ghost. Ma, high rising, mother. Ma, low falling, but, ma, low constricted, rice seedling. Ma, dipping rising, horse. Ma, low dipping, tomb. This is a very long title. My idea of the circus is my idea of the circus. Otherwise known as, my mother was a celebrated stunt motorcyclist, Vietnam, 1958 to 1962. So this is the part of the reading where I say, my mother was a celebrated motorcycle stunt woman in an all-woman stunt motorcycle troupe in Vietnam, 1958 to 1962. V very loud, a mad frenzy 
the wooden barrel she rode would have roared. Left home to join the circus, 15 years old. You enter at the bottom and wind upwards in spirals, the bike climbing the sides. You enter the barrel on a Peugeot with automatic tied-down handles. I mean the kind you can peg to ride hands free, arms out like wings on either side. Sometimes she fell tremendously, 50 feet more. This is insane. No helmet or other gear like it. Ripped pedal pusher pants. Maybe the watchers above, all men in the picture, pulled their lips, sent and leapt or wanted to, to throw themselves and stop your flying hair, the howling and the howling, your smiling, riding, your falling and rising. Napalm notes, developed in secret at Harvard, produced by Dow Chemical, an efficient incendiary formula perfected on Valentine's Day, 1942. A thickened gasoline can be dropped from planes, napalm bombs, also flame throwers. Eight million tons of bombs in Vietnam burns at 1,500 to 2,200 degrees Fahrenheit, one-fifth as hot as the surface of the sun. Very sticky, stable, also relatively cheap. The Vietnamese people. The Vietnamese people deeply love independence, Ho Chi Minh. The Vietnamese people love to bet, shaking the dice. The Vietnamese people eat pho for breakfast. The Vietnamese people are 82 million people. The Vietnamese boat people, no. The Vietnamese people speak in second and third pe person. The Vietnamese people were devastated by aerial carpet bombing is grammar corrected as Aerial carpet bombing devastated the Vietnamese people. The Vietnamese people were born of a sea dragon and a mountain fairy. This is another sonnet. It's called Durian Sonnet. A durian is a tropical fruit that grows native to Vietnam and that part of the world, and it's very pungent. And it barely makes an appearance in this, this poem, actually. Durian sonnet. I lost this sonnet once. I may lose it again. I wore the colorful dress described as concealment and surprise. 
the split sides and hugged features. You have to lift your arms out for the poster photograph. You had to leave your arms out to show your circus daring to say you chose this, to say you were flying, flying, fucking flying on the small French motorcycle hair, also flying in a glamour shot smile. I asked Diep to tell me who they are, the women pictured in black and white, colorful stripes, five in the all-women motorcycle troupe. Durian translates to private sorrow. She says, hmm, I think she's dead. I don't know what happened to her. She killed herself. I don't know what happened to her. Uh, this is the last poem I'll read. This is the story of my mom's naming because she had a name and then she was renamed. Her name is Diep. Diep before completion. Her first name deemed too delicate for a failing baby. She was a baby, failing born, blue, feet first. But newly named Diep, after the strapping Chinese butcher, renamed she recovers. She says later, it's an ugly sounding name and thus not popular. I say it wrongly, can't really say it, fake my way. Do we believe in the compassionate protector of children? The past tense of sing is not singed. Thank you so much for being here. The Poetry Project has promoted, fostered, and inspired the reading and writing of contemporary poetry since 1966. Consider supporting us by checking out a reading, becoming a member, or donating at poetryproject.org.